IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. I'm Mark Stenson, and I'm here with Kirsten Gouldy. Hi, everyone. We're glad to be back again today. Mark, glad to be with you again. Well, especially as we continue to explore this concept of IntelliKey and how we can all elevate and pursue our full soul's potential and our full human purpose. Our guest today is Dominique Oyston, and we're going to have a fantastic conversation about magnifying your voice and balancing masculine and feminine voice, and even how that can apply to business and life. So Dominique, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you. Dominique is from Melbourne, Australia. She is an international opera singer by trade and vocation and talent, but also has really expanded her definition of voice to cover a lot of different areas. And Dominique, I'm, I'm curious about that journey or that transition for you as you've explored voice as both a, a talent and a profession, but now as something more in terms of metaphysical principles, uh, social consciousness, and other things. Yeah, I look, that began when I was very, very little. When I was a little girl, I used to write songs to the fairies in the garden, and I would do this for hours and hours and hours. And I always was looking for the perfect song or the perfect word or the perfect note to capture the essence of that fairy or that flower or that feeling. And so the feeling for the voice and the feeling, I guess, for some sort of magic in the voice was with me from a very young age. But I had that professional career. As an opera singer, essentially, you're like an elite athlete. You have to make the physical voice work. So then you have to make the story of, you know, that you're telling with the voice work. And then you have to really make sure that the feeling is there so people's hearts can crack open. And so there's this multi-layered, I guess, experience of the voice. And from that, I started to really want to bring in how the voice can make people feel, how it can make them express, how it can unlock something that's quite deep within them that I felt when I was a little girl, you know, like creating and, and expressing myself. And that essentially, yeah, that the voice is this tool for expression that has deeper layers. And once we tap into those deeper layers, we tend to actually start to feel confident about who we are. So this link between who we are and how what how that comes through in the voice, I think, is really interesting and really shut down in so many people. People are frightened of range and expressing their range of, you know, their ideas, their passions, their their soul, their feeling for life. And being an opera singer, you know, like you're, you're not frightened of range in the end. You, you're allowed to you're allowed to go to that place of range and expressing your range. But then I started to really want to help people feel that on a personal level and take it off the stage and into the world and into the, I guess, the inner landscape of the self. 
and start to feel, well, what does my voice really want to communicate? I love that. And the idea that the voice as a medium to mm. express that story, you know, it's not yes. just the voice itself. Yeah, absolutely. And so everyone has a story. Everyone has some sort of impulse to communicate that is beyond the, you know, the, can we get, can we take the garbage out now? Or <laughs> like, what do you want for dinner? And so this voice is this dual world of the practicalities of life and, you know, entering into the survival story of life on earth and dealing with all our survival stories. But then it has this spiritual dimension and this dimension of soul and magic and healing that allows us also to communicate in that world, in the world of healing, in the world of magic, in the world of transformation, in the world of grow, growing into who you are as a human being. So it seems to be able to navigate this, this dual existence. And I'm always really fascinated by, yeah, what people need to say on the practical level in their relationships, in their business, and what they need to say in the survival realm, which is, you know, I need, I want, I have to take care of this. But then what do they need to say in that world of spiritual impulse? spiritual calling and soul purpose so the voice has this range so i love everything you're saying i wasn't expecting that answer so i love that that's what was presented and i i love how people not people conversations surprise you when you're in that range that, that you're speaking of but i can't step over it i have to go back to it you opened up with i was singing with the fairies <laughs> right <laughs> like i have to go back there and what i find funny because i have two worlds that i resided in for a very long time corporate and then the mystical so anybody who knows my mystical journey knows that my first encounter was the fairies, but that's very crazy. And it is not something you would ever speak to in a corporate world. You just, it would be a whole level of crazy that they're not <laughs> capable of hearing. So I would love to hear how, like, how did that even come about? I, I feel like there's a little story there. Okay. There absolutely is. And uh, what I used to keep that part of myself hidden. So as mm -hmm. a professional, um, I would not really, I used to go and study healing and, you know, all sorts of start as I've trained as a Steiner teacher, a yoga teacher, an Ayurvedic practitioner and dive deep into different healing practices. And it was all like my private world. It stayed my private world. So that, that world of the voice in that way was for me. And I, I didn't know how to mix up the corporate, the, pro the professional presentation of the voice with that inner world that was my kind of private mystical world. And it, when I started my business, I started off creating a program called Confident Woman Speaker and get TED Talk ready. So this idea of the performance voice and how to be confident with your voice and how to be visible with your voice and those practical tools. But I just wanted to teach about how voices were the priestess voice in Avalon and, and, uh, you know, the stories of the oracles and healers and ancient healers and the mysteries in all the sort of ancient cultures. And I did not know how to make those two things 
come together and I was looking everywhere for somebody who was teaching how to merge those two worlds and I could not find anyone and then about two years in I suddenly realized that that's what I have to do and so I've started creating these programs where the practical professional voices met and the needs of that voice but I do it through teaching people to tone and chant and taking them on these mystical meditations where I'm, you know, literally and then guiding them through a process to connect with their own feeling nature and the world that's inside them, you know, the world of imagination, the world of their soul and find that voice through, through song, really and through the vibration and frequency and resonance of their their feeling for song and their feeling for their own voice. And so, yeah, I've ended up with the warrior goddess voice and the priestess voice training and the elemental goddess voice and all these programs that help people merge those two worlds. So I, I think it's vital that we, we return that that mix to people who want to be able to speak on both levels and so mm -hmm. i really saw that that's that's what i'm here to do that's terrific mm -hmm. and i think also it sounds like training and using the voice as an empowerment tool but you also use it for a healing tool that you know the sound healing i was wondering if you could share some of that with us it comes naturally from the singing and again ever since i was little i have just had this feeling to sing to nature in particular, but this feeling that people, if I, if I sort of just sang some tones to them, then that would change the way they felt. It would change their vibrational state. And so I started exploring and reading about sound healing and realized that it was a huge tradition in ancient cultures and that all ancient cultures used sound um, almost as the pinnacle of their healing work. So you were not a healer in ancient times if you did not use the voice. It was just indivisible. You, you, it would be like, don't be ridiculous. How can you be a healer without using the voice? And so I thought, well, what happened 3,000 years ago that all these cultures stopped using sound healing? And I, I started to think, well, maybe this disappeared when women were banished from speaking in positions of public authority. So I started exploring that. And I just wonder if it's this balance of masculine and feminine, you know, that with the feminine comes this natural feeling to sing because the, the voice of the feminine, I think, is linked to the mother voice and that mothers instinctively used to know how to sing lullabies to their children and that a child was transitioned from, you know, the waters of the womb and that muted sounds and all those beautiful sort of musical muted sounds to the earth realm where you hear the voice through air and it, it's not muted. It, it, it's all those sorts of sounds. And I just thought maybe, maybe if I start talking about that feeling element, that, that loss of the feminine fluidity, perhaps in the voice, um, yeah, something might start returning and this healing element might start to be understood a little better. 
because I think that healing feeling, you know, people talk about the water element, having feeling mm -hmm. and healing powers. And I started thinking about how the voice is heard in the womb and how women sing lullabies to their babies as an instinctive tool. And yeah, it sort of grew from there that the healing voice is with us all the time. It has always been with us. And there's something about the loss of the presence of the female voice in history and the loss of visibility about the female voice in history that has kind of contributed to the loss of the voice as a healing, healing instrument. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, since, since you yeah. have your uh, keyboard there, if you could give us a bit of a sample of those yeah, sounds sure. and voices. Okay. Yeah. Let's sing to people's, um, okay, let, I'm just going to tone into the throat center, all right? So you can just imagine that your throat center is receiving some sounds and anything that you really want to talk about, really want to say, express, is almost being soothed. And so there's a more free flowing fluid pathway through your own throat center. like an ancient call to remember the power of the voice. sound almost moving through the cells in the throat center and just softening and relaxing it and so you start to listen differently you start to listen to what's inside your voice actually there what does that evoke within you 
Sometimes those feelings just like bubble up from underneath and want to move towards the throat center. And we can feel this in the body, noticing what's in the body. So I'll just finish us with a tone to settle that in. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It's yeah, that was amazing. Thank yeah. you. Listeners, our guest is Dominique Oyston. We've been talking about the power of the voice, both uh, in communication and expressing yourself, but also in what it can do to heal. Dominique, I'm very curious as you were talking about the uh, sort of reemergence of the sacred feminine and, and the voice behind that sacred feminine. Uh, what, what are you seeing in that regard? I'm seeing that women feel, well, the women I work with come to me because they feel inadequate in their voice. And most of them are looking for some sort of power. And the fascinating thing about the voice is the voice, I think, works, you know, it needs both polarities. It needs the masculine. It needs the feminine to sort of really be cohesive. But I see women coming to me because they're looking for power in the voice and usually they equate it to physical power, vocal volume. And this is quite challenging for women's voices because men, when they, you know, when they go from a boy to a man, they literally have an initiation in the throat center, like the jaw grows, the bone structure of the chest grows, the actual kind of cartilage of the larynx itself grows. You know, a lot of men have an Adam's apple sticking out and the vocal cords grow. And so this upper body throat center jaw area has this full on expansion and gets this extra dimension of power and access to deeper resonances. And so there's this huge transition that's physical, emotional, identity-based and uh connected to expression for men whereas women don't have that we like we literally don't have that we have that in the the womb space we start to bleed we have this initiation this change uh in in a very different part of our body and so i started to i guess think okay what's the relationship in terms of power and the voice for women if, you know, if we don't have this extra oomph kind of karate of the voice energy afforded to us just through the luxury of physical transition, um, how do we then feel powerful in our voices? How do we access power? How do we understand um, that on some levels we can't actually compete with the masculine? And so we have to find a different pathway of um, expressing power and personal power and, you know, the power to be heard. And for me, it's very much about 
really linking up that creative source in the sacral chakra, if we want to talk chakras, in the womb center, that ability to birth life, gestate life, pro, you know, sit with the ability to create, create life in the body and connect the throat center to that feeling of I'm a creative powerhouse. My power lies in my ability to express my feelings, to let my voice feel connected to my body. Like if you don't see your physical voice on the muscles of the belly, like that, ha, hey, ho, that's all coming from my belly's moving in and out. Those big sort of um, diaphragmatic uh, solar plexus muscles. If we don't sit the voice on the body, then, you know, like we might end up speaking with these very sort of disembodied voices and put a lot of air through the vocal cords and kind of like start to try and push that sound and get really sore in the throat because you can't push a voice if it's not sitting right in the resonances of the body. That's where your ability to, I guess, sit in your resonating power comes from and from that there's an emotional connection and then there's a, a sort of creative self-expression connection and women are trying to work from the throat up and they're struggling because it doesn't feel powerful <laughs> so this idea of there's all sort of layers and levels of power um let's talk about the emotional life and the connection to power not being able to say how you feel like that's disempowering. Not being able to say, I'm just really angry right now. And not have to express that anger, you know, not have to dump on everybody, <laughs> but just to say, uh, I'm feeling that and I'm going to sit with that for a while because this is making me angry or I really need to just, you know, make some sound, go away and make some sounds to express that feeling, which might be, you know, I let the voice move that feeling through the body in an expressive way and then come back in and say, okay, let's talk about this. Mm. So that's a bit of the healing and the power kind of coming in, but using the voice as a healing tool and using the voice to connect to the power of one's creative expression, one's feeling expression and speaking truth. So my understanding of the, you know, in the polarity world of masculine and feminine, that the voice is designed as a truth center and everything we don't express, we experience as either not needing to express it, but if we do need to express it and we're not, then there's a lie there. The voice will feed it back and say, I feel like a liar. I feel like I am not being myself. I'm not speaking my truth. I'm not revealing my truth. And so I help people clear away all these layers of non-permission to simply saying what is true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fascinating. I just, I always believe that things show up right on time, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm very close to Mark's wife. That's how Mark and I met each other. And she got a call. She got a 911 call the other day. She's a healer. And I have, was sharing with her that my throat has been on fire 
<laughs> and I cannot, there is not a Remy, there is no tea, there is no elixir, you know, I'm a, I'm a master herbalist, there's nothing I have come up with. So I'm like, I, I need a 911, this was a 911. And we're really clear that something's shifting, right? I am very clear that something's shifting. And when I get to that, but as you were singing, and this is for the audience, I could feel that's why I'm wearing a scarf a lot right now, just to kind of keep that center really protected and warm. But I could feel that it just for once, it was not on fire. And it's been on fire for about a month. And I do talk a lot. But I think what I'm supposed to be speaking to is shifting. So I, I really wanted to put that out there for the audience that there was a direct link when I was hearing you sing and the impact on my throat, which is the very thing you were singing about was opening up of the throat. So I just found that somewhat of a profound moment. Do you want me to give you some feedback on that? I uh, happily. Okay. So uh, as a healer, what happens in my body is because my body has been so tuned to the voice through being on stage all over the world for hours and hours. What happens in my body is that my body tells me what's happening in your body in relation to the voice. So what I can hear is this fire element, which is sitting in the solar plexus. So the solar plexus is calling you to pay attention to it and to listen, because what's happening in my body is my ears are telling me that your ears want to soul on a soul level, listen through the fire, in the solar plexus right down into that sacral womb space which is ruled by water to how to speak with fire and water how to let the feeling element and so you want to listen to your feelings but this fire is like oh, how do i navigate that the passion that you know because the voice has to balance fire and water and earth and air elementally and so it's almost like I can hear your body wanting to listen deeper and deeper into or your ears sorry wanting to listen deeper and deeper into the body and the first thing it's hitting is fire and so it's like what do I do with that fire and as a healer I would say start to drop deeper beneath the fire into the water element, into the womb space, into that cave of the mystery, which is the unknown realm of the feelings and start to do this dance of what are the sounds I need to make that are this, like I'm, I'm mixing, I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. mixing, see what I'm doing? That I can just, feel it. I can feel it. I can feel that <laughs> alchemy blend, that alchemical yeah, blend. A cauldron of magic mm -hmm. voice potion for you. And so what does it feel like? What are the sounds that you need to make that are a mixture of fire and water sounds? And it could be this, a bit of laughter. Fire is laughter. So a little bit of, so there's the feeling energy in, but there's also a little bubble of fire and laughter. And maybe some of those, you know, the roar of the lioness a little bit, but really gently, so we don't hurt our throats. And that and I'm shaking it all out and start to listen and then stop and listen to then the words that come through. So what I find is if I get people to make sounds 
and I call them expressive sounds, then it helps connect to the feelings, fe the sounds of the feelings, and then we can better articulate our feelings. But it's like your body wants to understand how to speak more passionately with the fire, the light, the illumination in dialogue, but in a, in a way where the feelings come through smoothly and fluidly through this throat centre. And you're starting to listen to that. And I'll just, uh, I'll share this because I think this is important for the audience to hear. So I'm shamanically trained. So I do a lot of work in the subliminal realms and I am working with a teacher who's crossing over. So she's going to become my teacher in another world, but she's in and out. She's not always here on earth. She's a pipe carry. So she has me sitting at a fire and her and the chief of this realm. And this is what's so funny. Two days ago, I got two messages. One, tend to your fire because you yeah. let you let it go out. So that was one. So I want to acknowledge the fire element. The second message I got is I have lived on an ocean my entire life with the exception of the last three years. And I'm not meant to not be by ocean. And it was clear that I have got to move back to ocean immediately. So this is a validation. So the, the audience can hear this is a real validation, right? That fire and water element. And I'm, um, most of my signs are fire and water. I do carry earth element, but most of my signs are fire and water. So it's in your voice. I just wanted to provide that validation. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's literally in your voice. And this is what I guess people understand that the voice expresses the self, but they don't always realize the degree to which the voice expresses the self. The entire story of who you are is revealed through the voice and if we listen to the sounds we want to make then we're almost like providing ourselves with our own medicine through the voice so we can we the voice is our own medicine as well as other people's medicine and i love that i love that see it's so perfect isn't yeah. it it all comes together yeah. And I think also, Kirsten, for our listeners, the confluence here of even business and management practices. I mean, you're talking about, can you speak from your gut? You know, mm. can you speak mm -hmm. with passion and fire? It's a lot different than you're in a meeting. You're kind of meek. You're, you know, not sure if you can speak up. We've had many of our guests speak to that empowered, you know, you're in the meeting. Will you mm -hmm. be one that can speak up and that voice component? Uh, yeah. Dominique, I'm, I'm so interested in that, uh, maybe with that backdrop, to think about the opera and your experience in the, in the theater and in an opera mm -hmm. as a management or as an organizational case study, the team exchange and the true voices, who can speak up and who doesn't speak up and who's leading and who's following, all those and the masculine feminine dynamic that you were talking about. So just in cur curious how those were encapsulated in the opera experience. Yeah, and it's very specific because people understand their role. And, you know, uh, if you're in the chorus, for instance, your role is to basically add color and movement and a really solid sound that is very responsive to the overall unity. You know, there's a unity sound needed. 
and you're providing the sort of the, the, the bed of flowers for the story. As a soloist, you have to be 100% on, you have to be pitch perfect in top physical, emotional, um, psychological condition so that every note for three hours is perfect. You tell the story, you take the audience on the journey, you, you get your cues right, your entries, your musical entries, and you hold the space, the energetic space. That's your responsibility. And, and you are literally the priestess. That's why they call it diva of the, the space between audience and, and your voice is responsible for that. And then as a conductor, of course, you've got to conduct, look after everybody. It's like this great sort of father, mother kind of all the chickens, are, you know, like turning up on the stage and all the kind of instruments are there. So the conductor is this, has this huge job. And then the instrumentalists have to create again, the color and the movement and the, the technical excellence. So everyone has a technical excellence backstage, you know, the, the um, stage director needs to make sure that everyone's there for, to get on stage. So everyone's got a job to do and everyone functions as a team. And when ego gets in the way of that, it can be quite disruptive. There's always, you're always treading around people's egos to some degree. You know, everyone's egos has to be, everyone has to be taken care of and feel like they're important, their bit matters and it'd be acknowledged. But when people outstep the bounds of the excellence of their role through ego, over ego, you know, and start to sort of want to dominate, then it's very unsettling. It's very disruptive and everyone else has to negotiate that while they're trying to do their job. So in terms of leadership, it's like this personal responsibility. I have to turn up and be part of the team, but I'm personally responsible for my cog in the wheel. And every cog in the wheel is slightly different, which makes it fun and interesting to be around and means that you meet all these different sorts of people, which is great. That's one of the great things about theatre is that, you know, you're going to interact with quite a big body of people with all with different little jobs to do. But yeah, you've got to be, you've got to be committed. It, there's a difference between amateur and professional for a reason mm -hmm. that, that you have to take it really seriously and your personal relationship with your work really seriously. And uh, uh, there's just some absolutely wonderful people in that industry. Well, and it sounds like, uh, and Kirsten, I know you talk to your clients about this, but you know, a leader, not necessarily saying how many followers do I have, you know, who, mm -hmm. who reports to me on the org chart, but that personal leadership, the accountability to come with your best. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And yeah, I, I think if we don't, as leaders, you know, if we want to be leaders, if we don't turn up with that relationship with the self really quite solid, uh then yeah we can face some really big challenges and not not really meet them that well so this relationship with the self is is something that i learned very deeply on that operatic journey because i when i started i was terrified i was so scared i was always scared and i used to kind of like throw myself in just through general enthusiasm and 
trying to line myself up with people who are courageous. So I understood that part of my personal responsibility was to develop more courage so I could be more courageous with audiences because I did a lot of corporate stuff and you have to get people up on stage and flirt with them and muck around with them and, you know, like make them feel comfortable. So on stage, you have to make the audience feel safe so they can relax and mm. they can open up to enjoying themselves. If they feel like the people on the stage haven't got their shit together, excuse me, if that was the wrong thing to say, <laughs> then, um, yeah, they can't relax and enjoy themselves. So I, I, I'm sure it's the same in leadership, that if the leader is saying, oh, if we make a mistake, so be it. Like we can navigate this because we have a relationship with our own personal power and our own inspiration and our own vision. And we have a relationship that says, I'm allowed to be me, but I'm also, in, it's important that I acknowledge you and your value. Then everyone can have a really good time. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> exactly right. Uh, so good. Yeah. Well, before we close, Dominique, first of all, thanks for a great conversation. Make sure our listeners know where to connect with you, where to learn more about you and your work. So my website is thegoddessvoiceacademy.com. And I'm also on a Facebook page. So there's Dominique Oyston and the Goddess Voice Academy as a Facebook page and Instagram too. I'm not so much on Instagram. My VA posts on Instagram, but <laughs> I will respond to. And my website, I will respond to. At your Goddess Voice Academy, we've been talking about chakras and different uh, modalities and different sound practices. You've got quite a collection of these modules, I guess I would call them. Yeah, yeah. I think the next program I'm going to run is the priestess voice training. And so that's for um, people who want to run circles and workshops and step into that leadership voice more. Because there's a healing voice, there's the, you know, the inspirational voice, there's a leadership voice. So priestess is very much about leadership, understanding how to hold space with the voice. Oh, fantastic. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much. Uh, our guest has been Dominique Oyston. Uh, what a fantastic conversation about voice and empowerment. And I just can't wait to learn more about this as we go through uh, some of the modules and some of the training, Dominique, that you offer. So thanks again for coming on our program. Thank you. It's been delightful. It's been great. Thank you. And I wonder if we could close, I would love if you could give us an empowerment voice to send us off and say, you can reach your full potential, that kind of fire that you were talking about. All right. Well, this one will go down into the, the belly, the fire in the belly. Let's do the chant, mother, I feel you under my feet. So if everyone just tunes into the soles of their feet and really feels their feet and wriggling their toes and that the, the mother, the mother energy, that life force from the earth, which we are all connected to and runs like rivers through our body, that we let our voices drop down into the feeling and the enjoyment of the body. Mother, I feel you under my feet.
beautiful and it's so good to dance and just that you know that thunder drum calling you into the body calling you into the physical world and you know saying the voice is here i am here i use my voice in the world with great yes. love and passion you can definitely feel it deep inside mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that our thanks to dominique oyston who's been our guest today Thanks, Kirsten, for a great conversation. And listeners, thank you for coming by. And join us again for our next episode as we'll continue this conversation about pursuing our entelechy, our soul's purpose, our full human potential. And as we've learned today, expressing our voice in business and in life. I'm Mark Stenson for Kirsten Goldie. This is Entelechy Leadership Stories, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Entelechy Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson, thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. If you like IntelliKey Leadership Stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, we talk to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking you can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.